Hello and welcome to Ponderings from the Pooch, the Little Bird Marketing Company's podcast. Um, with me today is an awesome guest. I, this is just goes to prove a point that uh, the podcast is an amazing platform, not just for social selling, but it is for amazing network. And I have with me a colleague today from the UK. And so before we get anywhere, anybody who knows me about my little Anglophile problem, we're going to get a talk about, you know, being properly British with Matt Heyman. So Matt, Matt, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me, Priscilla. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, everybody, I think, is just listens because they just want to know when I'm going to have the next guest on with amazing accent. Excellent. So I'll just talk slowly for a very long time, shall I? <laughs> we can talk about anything, probably. I think next time uh, I'm going to have to make sure I get an uh, an Australian on. So nice. That's okay. always that's always nice to listen to too. So all my friends and 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 business colleagues, we joke around on the show about a lot of things um, uh, British, and I, I don't totally know why, except for you know I have always loved London. London is just the stinking coolest city, and it, it's just such a great town. Um, now, you live south of London near Surrey, so yeah. do you get up to London much, or what is that I like? I do. Yeah, I do. In fact, when I was younger, I lived there for a couple of years, uh, and yeah, I have very fond memories of London, and uh, it's it's a really, really favorite place for me. I, I guess I'm a little bit more into rural and, and quieter now so I like mm -hmm. to go in and visit occasionally so I like to go in and then go so uh, yeah I like it a lot <laughs> I, I'm a big fan of London it's a lovely place to visit but I don't know if I could live there again right well I know that's it that that is that there are um, I was hearing from someone they're trying to say you have four lifetimes and one of them you should be living in a big city like that and be in the mm -hmm. hustle and bustle and then you need to progress in your lifetime and move to the it sounds like you're more in the bucolic you know countryside quieter yeah, yeah. life I love it. Definitely. That <laughs> love sounds it. like a very wise person. I agree with that completely. <laughs> um, well, we're going to talk today about reviews. And like I said at the very beginning, you know, this podcast is really a great way to exchange ideas. I'm giving some freelancers some a little bit of a leg up. I'm talking to, you know, VPs of marketing who are kind of wondering, oh, why are, are my people in my marketing department doing what they should be doing? And then I talked with a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of business owners who are just getting inundated with, oh, you should do this, you should do that, you should do this, the tactics that are all out there. And everybody's like, somebody else is on Facebook Live, should I be on Facebook? And, you know, that it creates just a really frenetic and frantic life. And I try to take this podcast to bring it back and slow it down and get people to talk some sense about what needs to happen next, whether they own the company or whether they're just simply the person in charge of the profit. And so today I am just going to ask you a million questions because Matt is an expert in um, in a lot of things digital and online. But today we're going to talk with him about his role as the founder at Review Miner. And he actually reached out to me um, because of a podcast that we had where we talked about the importance of online reviews and also the confusion that surrounds them. So as an expert, he is going to really cut through that uh, for us today. So before we do that, Matt, tell everybody a little bit about your background and kind of how you came to start Review Miner. Yeah, so I worked in digital marketing for probably eight eight plus years, and a couple of years back, we were we were working with a number of clients, some very big and some smaller clients, and we were approached around the same sort of time by at least two, possibly three clients, and they were all concerned about online reviews. They knew that the majority of their customers they'd had a positive experience while they were engaged with that business, but they were worried that they couldn't really 
take charge. They felt quite passive in the process. They didn't really know how they could influence those reviews besides just delivering a great service, which is, of course, what you'd expect. But they wanted to get a bit more involved. And so we built an early version of the current platform for them in a way to try and solve the problem of how can they influence those positive reviews to grow those positive reviews. But equally, if they were to get a slightly negative review or a less than positive review, actually manage that process before the person's gone out onto the internet and spread the uh, the review all over the place. So they really wanted a process to contain the negatives and promote the positives. And that's what we built for them. And so we've been testing that with them for in the wild for probably two years or so. And um, only recently did we decide to, to open it up to a wider market. And uh, yeah, that's that's kind of my background when it comes to reviews. Mm-hmm. Now, you also have some background just in your actual studies in more uh, behavioral studies, which I'm interested in. I come from a, um, you know, a background in cultural anthropology. And a lot of our clients, we, we have really, in the last several years, become very close with a lot of market research firms. And in fact, I speak at a lot of those conferences. And so I am interested in your perspective coming at what people are doing online, giving reviews from a behavioral studies standpoint what what do you think you add to your current understanding your current role because of that kind of a background yeah i think under having an understanding of some of the motivations why why people want to leave positive reviews and and leave negative reviews i think it's, it's really important i have a particular interest in elements to do with um neuroscience in particular I have a particular interest in that and I'm I'm fascinated in the kind of the immediate gratification and the reward that we get as business owners when we see that little red one right. uh, usually it's a it, usually it's a red one somewhere and uh, yeah I'm fascinated in that and I think but I think as well in in a world where we're kind of in some cases people want to stand out a little bit uh, and also it's a very impersonal platform. You know, online is can be very impersonal. It's very easy to leave a review for somebody that you would never say to their face. You would never say some of the things that you see online to people's face. But because it's behind a screen or a monitor, it's a lot easier. In fact, when we when I speak to a lot of restaurant owners in particular, they'll often say, what I just wish the person would have said something to my face. I wish they would have just said something before it escalated into a problem and went on to a, to a review. So yeah, from my perspective, I, I think the, the quick fix, the gratification definitely plays into my uh, interest in, in neuroscience. But I, I think as well, it's about making sure that business owners know that they can take control of the process and they can influence the process themselves, not be passive in the process. Yeah. Okay. So this is kind of interesting. So I'm I'm in a relatively small town and I do have a lot of listeners who are in relatively small towns and might know a lot of people. And so sometimes it is hard to get, you know, good feedback, you know, from people. Um, but uh, sometimes people are a little afraid also to post maybe a less than stellar um, review for someone thinking that, well, this person knows me. what what is going to be kind of like the social retribution, <laughs> you yeah. know, for doing that. And I know that a lot of us in um, smaller businesses, then we can actually, you know, go find the thread. Where's this person from? Did they, were they actually a customer? I've had a lot of experiences on Facebook where people who have never been customers have reviewed mm-hmm. my work. Yeah. Absolutely. That's something we see a lot. (laughs) Yeah. People, people either with a lot of time on their hands or in some cases, the slightly darker world of, of actually paying people to, to, to do that is a, is a, is a practice that we definitely see. And I think 
in both examples that you've just given, I think there's there's two things at play. One is about intervening before the person wants to go onto the web in the first place. Mm -hmm. And the second is is having a process in place which both demonstrate well the main focus is demonstrating to people when you do get a negative review of how you as a business respond to that review i think that's critical mm -hmm. in fact there's there has been some really good research done looking at how the extent to which people trust mm -hmm. online reviews and mm -hmm. one of the main points that stands out to me in some of the research i've seen is that people will generally trust a four and a half star review more than they would a perfect five out of five star review wow. so i think People recognize that we are human and we make mistakes, but in the end, it's about how the business responds to that. So even in a small community, even if you know the person who's left that negative review, it's not as small business owners. I think we often interweave ourselves with us and who the business, you know, we are the business. It's us. Right. So if somebody criticizes us. They're or somebody criticizes the business, they're criticizing us as a person and as an individual. And I think hard as that is, it's about separating out that. The person's leaving a review, really, as, as an experience of the business in the round, mm -hmm. not just you, but mm -hmm. everybody who works with you. So, yeah, I think just trying to unpick it a little bit, not to take it too personally, but also when you do respond, do so in a calm and measured way that shows your other prospective customers that you are, <laughs> that you're sane and that you're, <laughs> and that, you're um, that you're a human being and uh, responsive. Right, right. Well, and we're, I'm going to talk a little bit later about kind of how you scale that and what, what are some of your experiences about how, you know, they go from a small company, even a midsize, and how do large companies scale really understanding the review process. But let's back up just a minute because I think you've, you've touched on just a few key issues and I want to be very clear about them. So help uh, help people understand, you know, why online reviews are really so important now. Yeah, the reason they're more important now than I'd say almost ever before is the fact that we as individuals trust them more than ever before. Mm. So other piece of research I saw says that more, I think it's about seven out of 10 or 70% of people trust an online review as much as a personal recommendation. Wow. So roll back 10 years, if you moved to an area, you'd ask people near you, you know, what, where's good? Where's good? Is there a good place to eat? Or, you know, where's a good, where's a good person to help me with some DIY or whatever it might be. You, you would probably ask people now what you can do is go and find that information so much quicker. And as a result of that, you're looking at the reviews to see what other people made. It's that idea of social proof. And I think as that's, it's what it's, what's actually happened is you've got this weird feedback loop in a way where we trust, we trust the reviews so much that places like Google and Facebook and TripAdvisor want to show us more of them because that's what we as their customers want. Mm -hmm. We want to get these access to this review, these reviews. And so what happens is they they make more of a big deal of them. Google in the local search results, for example, they show them front and center. And then as a result of seeing them more often, we're more inclined to trust them and more inclined to use them. So I think it, it becomes this sort of cyclical motion where we want the, the information they give us the information they give us the information we want the information and it mm -hmm. kind of goes around in this in this loops right so yeah i think it's about it's our access to the information well also you mentioned something in there about google reviews and um you know i, I do feel that they're incredibly helpful for local seo and mm -hmm. i find that there's a lot of local businesses that still have actually not done their google listing properly yeah. <laughs> it's really 
like it's one of those things that's free that's easy now you have to get it right and i know sometimes the technology technology of it kind of throws people for loop well i had this email on it and i and, and people they i see far too many small businesses give up on it and not get their google listing correct and it is so important um and and the the reviews for that local I would say when you're looking at 7 to 10, when you're reviewing something local, I would say that number would probably tend to go up a little bit in terms of credibility as well. You know, I I test this a lot. People say things in marketing world and I go, yeah, but is that true for me as a consumer? I also bring it to myself, you know, and that really does resonate with me. I would trust a 4.5, you know, way more than I would trust a 5. I'm like, hmm, why why 5, you know? Mm -hmm. If someone really has something to say of what's the tiny little sliver of something they could have done better, then I feel like this person was awake and alive when they were writing this review, and I can trust it. So to me, I think that really resonates. And the other thing is, is that this is our life. We don't go walk down the street and ask our neighbor. Yeah, we go online. And I, I think that's really that's really true. So let's go back to I'm sorry, were you going to say something else? Yeah, I just wanted to come back to what you said about the the Google, the local listing, mm-hmm. I think, and, and something you said right at the top of the interview, which is as business owners, as marketing practitioners, we're bombarded by things that we could do. But if you look at things that you absolutely should be doing as a minimum, having a Google listing or having a, a well well laid out Google listing is absolutely top of the list for a local business. It's one of the most important things. Mm-hmm. There's lots of fads, lots of shiny objects that come and go. And we kind of think, oh, that's the new thing. I'm going to try that <laughs> as a fundamental core. It's having a really solid presence in a Google local listing mm-hmm. for a local business is absolutely critical. So, yeah, well, I just wanted to underscore that. I would add that also with a great photo because Google will go out and eventually post a photo to that for you if you don't. (laughs) (laughs) We've seen that happen. Beware. It might be the absolute worst, you know, photo of your building you've ever seen in your life. (laughs) Yeah, we've seen that many times. Yeah, and being able to put some lifestyle photos instead of, you know, maybe the picture of your building, maybe a picture of some of your, you know, employees working together, maybe a few of your products, a few of something, just anything else that can, you know, make a connection that is not just so generic. So I totally agree. Totally agree. Um, so let's kind of go back a little bit. You mentioned a little bit of um, some of the mistakes people make. And I think the first thing you're really hitting on is that people fail to create a process by which they can deal with negative reviews or maybe less than less than stellar reviews. So there's that process, you know, thing. And I, I'd like for you to give people some some tips about what kinds of things they could put in that process. The first one you gave us was number one: don't make it personal. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so. Try not to. Hard. It's easy for me to say, but yeah. as a business owner myself, it's very hard to live by that. Mm-hmm. But I think one of the one of the main mistakes that business owners make is that they just don't ask people for reviews in the first place. So there's again, there's there's lots of research coming out now about how if you ask people, they will usually the majority will leave a review if you ask them. So the first mistake, the the thing that your listeners should really focus in on is, are we doing this as a matter of course? Are we asking our customers, number one, for feedback and number Mm -hmm. two, for reviews? And I think that is a separate that is a separate process we can definitely get into. But asking for feedback and asking for reviews are two things that a business owner should absolutely do nowadays. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you could do and would you recommend talking with all your current customers and getting feedback and just saying, look, I'm just calling for a few minutes. I thought it was important today um, to talk with you just to say thank you for your business and 
okay, I, my ego's off the table. What could we do better? What What do you think we, we're great at? What do you feel like we could do better? You know, what's something you wish we offered or kind of have that conversation? And so I'd like to hear your ideas on that. And then the second part of being, do you feel like that is okay to have that kind of a conversation first and maybe follow it up a couple of weeks later with, you know, if you've dealt with some issues or really gotten, you know, been able to respond to the feedback in a, in a positive way, then to come back and ask the review. What are your thoughts about that? It's largely dependent on the type of business that you have. Mm -hmm. If you're in a high volume business that doesn't have that personal touch, bars, restaurants, cafes, hotels, those sorts of things, that I think the approach can can differ from if you're in a say you're a consultant or you're working in a service industry where it's you know you you have regular contact with your clients. So mm-hmm. I'm going to try and give you an answer that's appropriate to everybody, but hopefully <laughs> your listeners will understand it's very dependent on the type of business that you have. But by and large, the steps that any business, regardless of where you fit. Uh, what they should be doing is definitely having those conversations, asking for that feedback. If that's on the phone as part of a monthly client call or a weekly client call, that's great. If it's part of your support process, if you have a support ticketing system, that could be integrated into that. If it's maybe a software type product or a hotel, you know, most of the big chains now will follow up with an email after your stay. So you you want to be asking for the feedback in the first place, whatever mechanism you use. And then from there, If the person has had a positive experience, you want to then be encouraging them to do to make it as easy as possible for them to then leave that feedback in the form of a review Mm -hmm. on some of the main social platforms. How the the how is largely dependent on the type of business, but the what is very much have that conversation, be it over email, be it, you know, a, a survey online, be it over the telephone, be it face to face, gather the feedback. Second stage for the for for those who've had a positive experience, encourage them to share that with other people. Okay. Well, we've got to say, we've been saying this on our podcast, podcast for quite a while. We ask for reviews. Go to iTunes and make a review. But now what we've learned is please only give us four and a half stars. <laughs> 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 yeah, have a look at the score, and if there are a couple, if it's all five stars, then just a couple of slightly negative ones. If they're five, if they're five, all five, uh, it's actually funny because on iTunes right now we have all five star reviews, and I'm, people are going to start wondering if it's my mom, you know. <laughs> but I totally agree with that. But you know, one thing I will say about that is that we struggle a little bit with iTunes reviews because iTunes makes it, I think, a little bit difficult for you to review. I've had a lot of people come back and I didn't even know them, you know, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. You're a podcast listener. I I didn't know. And they're like, hey, you mentioned, you know, that I saw you um, at this event and um, I meant to tell you this. And then they'll call me. Literally, this has happened to me a couple of times. They'll call me. Hey, I meant to see talk to you at that event to tell you I tried to give you a review, but I couldn't, couldn't really figure it out. I'm yeah, like, it's a oh. it's a very yeah, it's a difficult process. It's not it's not as easy as it could be for sure. And you do also, I think podcasting is one of those platforms where it does tend to lend itself to five star reviews because unless you hear one episode where you were so offended by the content right. that you think, right, I need to tell people about this immediately, <laughs> it's it's unlikely that you'll leave anything other than a glowing review because the platform lends itself to repeat listeners to you developing an audience, and then once you have that person in as a as an audience member, then they 
they will feel inclined to tell other people about it. So, yeah, it comes back to my point before, in a way, it's kind of platform or job or role dependent. Mm-hmm. iTunes is, is lends itself to all five star reviews and, and less of the mix that you might see. But contrast that with the App Store. The App Store, also an Apple platform, mm-hmm. you do tend to you do den- tend to get excuse me, you do tend to get that mix of reviews. So I think it's it's largely a it's a byproduct of the platform when it comes to podcasts. Well, I, I agree with you. And actually, I find the reviews on their apps incredibly helpful. And I yeah. I will read typically 20 or 30 before I download something. Yep. It's crazy. And I'm not a research oriented person. You know, I'm, I'm a, I'm an impulse buyer person, but I do find those incredibly helpful. And, um, even, you know, how many times a day do your kids ask you to download an app? And it's a very easy process to go and see, you know, do I even want to spend my time? Because inevitably, my kids are going to be crying to me about this app if it doesn't work. <laughs> so yeah, and you've, it's real you've, life. With, yeah, with the App Store, you've also got the fact that you're, the majority of the reviews you're seeing are for the current version, which I think also makes it very helpful. If there was a bug that caused loads of negative reviews, you won't see them as much because the reviews that you see are usually for the for the most current version. And, uh, and, and also, when you're making the decision to, particularly if it's a, a, an app that you are going to purchase you want to look for those less than stellar reviews because you want to see what why did somebody have a problem with this product is it do i share characteristics with that person that may also mean that this isn't a good fit for me so it comes back to like you said before the four and a half star review is is Mm -hmm. good so long as it's a way to kind of work out, well, is this a good fit for me, mm-hmm. be it a business or in this case, an app as well? Okay, now I'm going to go like down a whole different rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared. Have you, <laughs> it's going to be so fun, Matt. Uh, <laughs> have you seen some of the very funny reviews? Like there's like a, people who have kind of made it their job on Amazon to <laughs> write like a very hilarious, like heart-wrenching, you know, um, tear jerk you know reviews of like a stapler yeah, yeah have I you have, seen that? there there are i mean in, in case nobody knew this already there are a lot of people with a lot of time on their hands oh my or, gosh or, 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 or flustered writers these mm-hmm. are these are people who want to be creative writers but never really got the chance so now they can yeah i've seen them and they are hilarious they there are was one so good have you seen there's one for a there's one for a, a, a female pen so mm-hmm. amazon one of these pen manufacturers <laughs> Um, well, I don't know the name and I won't, I won't throw out some possibilities. No, but you're going to, you're going to send it to me and I'm going to put it in the show yeah. notes. Cause, so, cause so this, Amazon this sell a, a pen, a pen for girls or mm-hmm. a pen for women, right? I think it's a pen for women. <laughs> and so they did it with the best intentions. It's pink and they've, they've made all the mistakes that you can oh. make, but probably with good intentions. Yeah. And then the reviews are absolutely hilarious. So you've got like, um, I, I bought this, I bought this for myself, but I soon realized being a man that I was just going to be unable to use this pen simply by virtue of being a man. I don't know how it works. I'm sending it back and it gets, it is hilarious. There's oh so many. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can lose an afternoon reading some of those. They are just a hoot. So we'll include a few of our favorites. You, you send me a few of yours. I'll send, put up a few of my favorite ones and we'll do that. So. I have another little interesting idea. Since you are the expert on um, reviews and handling reviews and really leveraging them, I, I feel for, you know, for your brand, which is that's what we're going to end on. I'd like to hear from you about really what is the leverage power of reviews and two things really. We'll end on two questions. What's the leverage power and also, you know, what anything else that businesses need to do in order to handle really negative reviews. So, 
Those are two big questions I get. But before I do that, I want to know, since you're an expert in this field, I have had this idea for many years to create a new international holiday, which is a review day. And I've got to put some branding on it and do it. But it is so important. And so many people, you know, lash out when they have a bad experience. It's very easy to leave a negative review. Um, and but I want to encourage, you know, people to change that mindset and be like, well, who do you need to give some love to today? There are businesses who really, I'm going to use an American expression, they're knocking it out of the park. Right. So, um, I, I'd, I'd come up with a British equivalent for you, but I can't, I totally am stumped. Hit it <laughs> um, for six. Okay. Hit it. Is that a cricket <laughs> reference? It is. Okay. Good. Hit it for six. I'm going to start using that one instead. Um, so, it, you know, encouraging people and it really is kind of like a, a business day and us, you know, celebrating businesses and people who really are doing their job and doing it the way they should do it. It's very hard sometimes to be in that vacuum where you don't get positive feedback. And I look at it like this, follow your checkbook. Where were the last three places? You know, I don't, I've never had a checkbook for like the last decade, but that's a funny <laughs> turn of phrase. Um, look at your checkbook, you know, where were the last three places that you spent money? What do you, what do you think about those places and how do you feel and should you let them, you know, let you know that? So you stew on that for a little bit, Matt, and I'm going to come I, back I to la- you. I laughed because I imagined this whole, <laughs> I imagine nations of people being told to go and read funny Amazon reviews <laughs> and not the very sensible <laughs> idea that you put forward. Right. I, was, I was imagining people spending, taking a whole day off work to read these reviews and coming up with the, the worst mm. ones they could. But yeah, no, I think it's good. I, I think it's, I think what it's, it, in a way, though, we want to kind of move towards a process where it happens all the time, that we don't have to wait for it to get a backlog of, of not having many and then right. saying we'd love some more. Mm-hmm. You, you really want to kind of build it into the process, mm-hmm. build it into the business. But, yeah, it's a nice idea. Yeah, I, like, I, I think we could get James Taylor to maybe sing Shower the People You Love with Love or something. It could be a really good touchy-feely commercial. <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> you know, we should be giving great reviews every day. You're right. But, you know, here in the U.S., we have Thanksgiving and it kind of makes a national holiday in order for us to turn around and be grateful. So we've also learned that human behavior sometimes doesn't do the thing we should do day in and yeah. day out. Right. <laughs> there's, there's also a, a, a point to that, which is that the reason why people often don't, I think, is partly because of the perceived effort. People mm. think it's a it's a. Uh, Oh, do I have to? It's like I've, I've given you my money. What more do you want? And mm-hmm. I think it's sort of, yeah. And this comes to the point you were you were moving on to, which is about leverage. Yes. And that's and that's yeah. Make it as easy as possible for le- for people to leave a review. If mm-hmm. I said, you know, how if you think of a hotel that you went to recently, and and would you be able to? How quickly could you leave a review for them on in our platform? It would take you a little while to work out where they are, how to find them, and and then work out a, f- a form of words that you want to come up with. And that's mm-hmm. down to you. And right. I guess my my point is. Let's as business owners, as businesses, let's take control of that process and make it as easy as possible for people to give you the feedback in the first place. And then if it's positive, leave that as a review for you. So, yeah, there's there's so much potential. Yeah. It's massive. It's so untapped. Taking that leverage a step further, what would you suggest um, from your experience in your own business? Who should be the person who's leveraging, you know, who's actually in charge of getting those reviews and assessing the reviews and and thinking through that process? 
It's a good point. I, I think it largely relates to the type of business that you have. Again, so if you're, you know, if you're a hotel, then it's it could be the concierge, it could be the front desk, it could be, you know, any number of people that are likely to have contact with the customer during that point. If you're, you know, if you're working in a, let's say, a software company, then it could be your support staff. It could just be somebody senior from the company making a, a legitimate, genuine reaching out to people i think mm-hmm. that that could work well I, I don't think it matters as much i think it, it's about the sincerity of it it's about mm-hmm. do we really care mm-hmm. so for a good i'll give you a good example so I, I do a fair amount of travel and i do stay in in some hotels and you do see off the back of the stay you do see the follow-up emails that come through mm-hmm. they they could not be less personal <laughs> if they tried i re- it's like they may as well just email me and say, could we have another $50 from right. you? Could we have a, they may, they may as well for all it's, there's no, but then again, I've seen it done well where mm-hmm. it's personalized, where it's coming from the business owner in some, so we have, so with review mine the platform, we have a couple of customers who actually integrate video. So to actually have a video from the head of customers at the customer satisfa- satisfaction or customer services department, who's recorded a video that email gets sent out with that video. It's scalable. So, you know, it's not like you're having to do one for everybody, but that, mm-hmm. that video is sincere. You can see immediately that the guy really cares and really wants that feedback. And it's mm-hmm. that nice sweet spot between completely impersonal, just give us the data so that we can become a better business mm-hmm. uh, right the way through to I'm a, I'm a person, I work here. <laughs> I come to work because I want you to have a great time when you're here. Mm-hmm. Tell me how we could do better. Mm-hmm. And I think it's... Well, it, the the person is less important and it's the sincerity that is that's probably that trumps that excuse mm-hmm. the phrase but yeah we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll go one, one stage beyond that okay i just briefly was crying on the inside but anyway <laughs> <laughs> let's not go there shall we let's, let's just move on um yeah i love that idea too i think when you use the word leverage and we're going to let you know we're going to leverage the reviews it you're right it has to be also scalable so yeah. it can't just be like, oh, did you do that at the end of it? You know, it can't be relying on someone remembering to do it in something that needs to be completely built into the system. So let's talk a little bit about negative reviews. But before I say that, you know, one last thought on the leveraging thing. You see, there are some companies out there that are really good about like, it feels actually to the point of pressure to give, yeah. have you know, for you to give them a review at the end. And I'm thinking about the car business in, speci- in, in you know, specifically. Sometimes at the end of it, it's like, well, how was that experience? And if you don't give us a five, you know, we're, we're not going to get any of our, you know, any of our payouts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so we have to have a five. What can I do to make this a five? And the, the, the pressure to me just, it's like you touched on the word, the sincerity or the authenticity of it. You know, it, it, a scalable system can't then turn around and create more pressure. So what, in your experience, is that balance just found in culture or where is that? Yeah, that's definitely a culture. If, if, if there are people within the business putting pressure on people to, to, to leave reviews, that, that diminishes. The minute it becomes an ask, the minute it becomes something that you're doing for me, mm-hmm. that's when it starts to get really into shaky ground. It mm-hmm. should be something that I, as a business owner, am encouraging you as a customer to do. But if you don't, that's entirely your choice. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to help facilitate the process. The minute it feels like, from a customer's perspective, the minute it feels like you want you want me to do this to bet, to, to make you more money, that's where you start to get into really mm-hmm. dangerous territory. The less it's like 
like that. And the more it's about we want to genuinely understand your experience and whether or not it tallies with what we would hope you would have as an experience, the better. So, yeah, just on the leverage, just to come back to that, I, I think the 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 potential for using the feedback and reviews process is so completely untapped at the moment. It's a very exciting area for me because mm-hmm. looking at it, when you look at the cost of generating a repeat visit versus the cost of generating a new visit or a right, new customer, right. it is mass. The, the difference is huge. Mm-hmm. So we have this genuine, generally you have this sort of stereotype of the business. They get the, they get the business, then they move on to find the next person. Mm-hmm. And you and I both work in digital. So we'd be looking at increasing ad spends. We'll be looking at doing more SEO, but actually is there an opportunity to take those people who have had a great experience and market to them in a more sophisticated way that encourages them to come back. And the best way to find out who's in that audience is to ask for feedback, is to do a survey, is to work out, okay, you you guys, you had a terrible experience. We need to remove you from our mailing list because there's a chance you'll never come back. We'll lower our bounce rates on our emails. We'll lower our unsubscribe rates. And on the plus side, if you've had a great experience, then why not? If it's a restaurant, for example, why not come back a week later, encourage them back, give them a reason to come back. Mm -hmm. The cost of doing that versus the cost of trying to get that new person in through the front door is massive. It's five times the difference. So for me, it's reviews and feedback are really the the gateway or the avenue to get to repeat business. And that's why I think it's a very, very exciting area to be involved in. Well, it ties back to profit. It really absolutely ties back to profit. And I think when people are just doing this as a marketing tactic, because we have to do a survey because, I don't know, everybody's doing surveys now. That's the problem. If we're tying it back to changing our behavior so that we are serving our clients best, which in turn drives profit for us. Now we're talking about something great. We have have one customer in particular um, who actually uses the – the survey data every single day with their team. They mm-hmm. will go through the survey data every single day and then use that as a process. Now, if they were to take it one stage further, there's definitely some creative ideas around using video and around using, you know, sharing how the business has developed and grown off the back of that feedback. Mm-hmm. So yeah, for me, it's it's such an untapped area. That is awesome. Well, let's end with a couple. I, we, we could talk about a lot of ideas, believe me. I've got like six more written down, but, um, you know, I'm going to let people go uh, check out your site. But let's end with maybe one or two tips you have for business owners about how to deal with really negative reviews like the nasty yeah. stuff. Yep. So I think in, in all cases, you want to make sure that you're being polite about it. You want to be, maybe that's just the British uh, or the English <laughs> aspect of me. Um, I, I think there is, there's a lot to be said for being polite. In fact, I've seen a few reviews. I'll share some links with you. I've seen some reviews who were initially negative and then based on the interaction with the business owner, the person then, um, edited their initial review in light of that in a positive way. So I think there is a lot to be said for coming at it with a, you know, from a, from a sincere place of saying we want to improve. So be polite, but then the response that you actually give is going to be in large part based on whether or not you think this is a genuine review or not. If you have suspicions that it's not a genuine review or as is often the case, particularly on Facebook, the person leaves no narrative. They just leave a score. What you want to do in, in response to, to reviews like that is to ask questions. So sometimes you'll see business owners who will say, we've got no evidence that you were ever a customer. I've checked the CCTV. You're not. Mm-hmm. You, you're lying. <laughs> I understand the rationale for doing that, but you can actually achieve the same result by asking questions. So typically you might say, we've looked into this. It's very disturbing to hear 
whatever the review you, you feedback a little bit of what they said it was very disturbing to hear um we've got some questions we'd really want to try and pinpoint what happened so can you tell us when you came in what sort of time was it do you remember the name of anybody that, that served you and what you're doing then is you're, you're communicating to the person if it's genuine you're saying well we want to help we want mm-hmm. to find out what went wrong but what you're saying to the rest of the world is that uh, we're not sure about this one we're not sure we need to we need to dig a bit deeper and it shows that you're being responsive as well so i would i would start that if you suspect it's negative just for the sake of it or it's not um, a legit review is ask lots of questions and and try and get to the bottom of it and maybe leave some contact details mm-hmm. so that's what that's what i would do if it was if i had suspicions i would be i would be asking questions and not just directly challenging it and saying mm-hmm. we don't believe you if it, if you think it's a, a sincere review then you want to you want to look to put things right but also you don't want to do it at any cost then it can't just be a case of i've seen some business owners as well who seem so worried about negative reviews that they are i think you mentioned one earlier in the interview literally so desperate that they would do almost anything to get the good review mm-hmm. because they just want the good review so i would say you want to put things right respond say we want to put things right but communicate subtly through your reply that you don't want to do it at any cost demonstrate that you're not just going to be blackmailed and then ask the review to reach out to you personally so leave so i would have a an email address that you're comfortable putting onto these review sites to Mm -hmm. say look my name is this here is my email address reach out to me we really want to put it right so yeah try and get that direct response and if you get that and it works out in your favor particularly if the person left a review on google you can actually encourage them to go back and say look i'm pleased we resolved this is there any chance you might want to edit your initial review off the back of our conversation today mm-hmm. because in some cases those reviews can be edited and and i tell you what that what that communicates to a potential customer is really powerful so yeah those would be a couple of ideas that's awesome that's awesome well matt we're out of time but let me tell you there's just so much more we could talk about and i want people to go see a little bit more of what you do obviously they can catch you on uh, on linkedin at matt hayman it's h a y m a n but uh where can they find you and more information about um what you do with review miner yeah so so review miner is a platform that kind of manages the process for you it gives you a platform to survey your customers get the feedback and then encourage the positive reviews or the positive feedback to be shared online so we we make a process for you so reviewminer.co is the is the address and if you go there and you type in the coupon code perch will give you an additional 30 percent hey. off we haven't talked about it i thought i'd just <laughs> drop it in at the end uh, i like it <laughs> we'll, give, we'll give you 30 percent off your first three months there's a 30-day trial as well so at the lowest price point you're looking about just 20 20 there or thereabouts so we've priced it for the small business but it's scalable for the big ones awesome. so yeah i i wouldn't you know, i don't want to talk about it too much just take a look at it see what you think we also have a free training course up there as well so if you're interested in you like my British accent, then you can listen to another 30 minutes of a British accent for free at reviewminer.co. Right. Well, it's important to me because what I'm trying to do with this podcast is really bring the solutions to the people who are my followers. And we don't do everything here at Little Bird Marketing. So it's important for me to have colleagues who really are experts in other fields and, you know, to bring reputable solutions. And I think the people who really have these issues and have these needs, they know who they are. Um, for those of us who don't need something 
needing to massively scale, this information is still incredibly helpful. So we will end this by saying, please go to iTunes and give us a 4.5 rating. <laughs> put something funny in the review or some kind of question or maybe maybe put a link of um, your favorite review online or, um, you know, what, we'll take it. Or, you know, James Taylor singing, whatever. <laughs> I love it. But we don't want to not ask for it. And the reason why we ask for it in iTunes is because it does help us in the rankings in order um, for other people to discover what we're doing and, and, and really how I'm trying to help our industry really do better, um, do marketing better. Absolutely. So, so. I'll, th- I'll throw in another tip, Priscilla, as well. Yeah, leave, yeah. A four, leave a four and a half star review, but, but, get, but give some feedback on what topics you'd like to cover in the future. Love so let's pra- practice what we preach. We want <laughs> feedback it. on how we can improve and not just for our benefit. So <laughs> g- give Priscilla some more ideas uh, and ask her to get me back on. Oh, that would be awesome. We'll have all kinds of, I'll give, give all the new questions that you want to get into the crazy mind of Matt Heyman. So we'll go check out Review Miner. And that was really kind of you to offer, um, you know, a, a discount so you can wor- use the code word perch. Um, but as always from the Little Bird Marketing Company podcast, this has been Priscilla McKinney with my guest Matt Heyman today, um, saying have a great day. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.